Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and the first domino of the offseason has fallen. Chris Drury has decided that he is not bringing back Jordan Gallant for a third season with the New York Rangers. Just a... I, I was... Thinking that the Rangers would make a change, I thought that the Gallant was the guy they should have hired the first time. Yeah, I I, I like the hire of Gallant. I thought that he was a good hire, and I think he delivered on certain aspects of the job. I mean, they had two great regular seasons, a great run to the Eastern Conference Final. Yes, they blew a 2-0 series lead in the Eastern Conference Final. They got to a slow start this year. They got it rolling finally. Um, you get to this playoffs though, you get out to a two Oh lead against the devils. And then I just think the way the Rangers played and the losses and that their game seven, just not showing up a team that I think Chris jury thought after the playoff deadline was, I think personally was the best skilled wide Rangers team in a very, very long time, the deepest Rangers team in a long time. And to be beaten like that with an AHL goalie, you can say there wasn't too much adjustments happening from game to game, whatever it was. You know, there's a report now that there was the argument between uh, Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant following game four. Other reports coming out now that Artemi Panarin might have been unhappy with Gallant. And apparently um, a large reason behind the move was because of the uh, player and GM and the year conversations where Gallant was not sitting on those exit interviews, that some players had some things to say about him. And I guess one thing adds up and a couple things add up and, you know, the Rangers decide to make a move. And um, I just don't – I don't know when you look at the market who is better than Gallant out there right now. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of guys with Stanley Cup pedigrees that are available. But are they the right fit for this team? Do they – I mean, it's a huge decision. This is – this team's in win mode now. And I wrote an article for Belly Up Sports last week about how important the summer is. You know, the first decision, which they made, is Gerard Gallant. Is he back? Is he not back? And then the free agents. You have Keandre Miller restricted. Lafreniere restricted. You know, Zach Jones restricted. Is he part of the future? Is he going to get a look on the D-line? You know, Lafreniere, do you trade him? Do you resign him? You know, what happens with him? Keandre, has he extended 
long term? Do you get a bridge deal done with him? Do you bring back Kane? Can you bring back Tarasenko? Do you bring back McCullough? There's a lot of answers. There's a lot of questions. They need a lot of answers. But Gallant was one that you looked at his exit or his exit interview with the media. He kind of put out there like, "What else do I gotta do?" And when so when I saw that it was a mutual decision, it sounded pretty much like he wanted his job still. So I don't know how mutual the decision was. It sounds like the Rangers were the ones that made the decision for him. Um, let him save some face by saying it was mutual. But the guy had the best, you know, point percentage, winning percentage, whatever it is in Rangers history for a coach more than two years because Keenan didn't make the past the one year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, now I wrote a brand new article for Belly Up Sports looking at possible replacements now for Gerard Gallant. And I think I think that they're going to go after a Stanley Cup winner. I think they're going to go after a guy who's done it before. Um, I think the perfect guy for the job isn't even available right now is Mike Sullivan, the Penguins head coach. Now there's been rumors that the Penguins might move on from Sullivan. Um, there's going to be a new front office there, so there is a possibility that he could be available. But um, if he's not, I you know, they just can't you know can't sign him obviously. But uh, he's a BU guy, so that's the connection there with Drury. You know, two-time Cup champion has you know, coached the you know biggest best player in the world, you know, in Sidney Crosby. So he's got experience coaching stars, and um, I think he's the perfect fit. You know, former Ranger assistant for a couple of years. I think people really liked him in New York. So I think he is the number one candidate if he is available. Then you got a guy like Peter Laviolette. You know, he's been to three cup finals. He's won one. Um, you know, in his 20-plus years of coaching, he, you know, in his full seasons, he's only had two losing seasons. Um, so, I mean, he's a guy who wins everywhere he goes. And he was just let go by Washington after uh, just three years there. I think Bob Hartley could be a name to watch. He was in the running for the job two years ago. Um, now, Drury played for him and won a cup with him in Colorado. So that's something just to keep an eye on. Now, he is quote-unquote retired, uh, but he did say that he would return to the bench for the right job. Um, Claude Julien still available, former Stanley Cup champion. You know, he said that he wants to get back to coaching. And then you got, do they bring in Mark Messier? You know, is the guy who delivered the cup after, you know, 1940, is he the guy that comes back and delivers another cup? You know, is that a possibility? And he's on ESPN now, so he's kind of in the know of the new NHL and everything, but never coached. You know, his only appearance in a coach in the senior level was with Team Canada, the Deutschland Cup. So not a ton of coaching experience there from him. Is that, a, you know, is that a negative? If you're looking for a leader, he's the guy. If you could bring in some coaches to help coach him up, literally coach him up, you know, he can be the locker room guy. He can be the leader behind the scenes, but, you know, that's the only knock on Messi, and he wants a job. He, he lobbied for it two years ago. Um, he said it before he wants to be involved with the Rangers again. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's the answer. Is it Chris Knobloch? Do they, in you know, in-house? Do they look in-house? You know, the Hartford head coach. He was handpicked by Chris Drury four years ago. You know, when Drury was running the uh, running the Wolfpack and turning that franchise around, he's had great success down in Hartford. He's turned it around down there. They're having one of the best seasons in franchise history this year, and he's won championships in the OHL and WHL. So, um, you know, he's won at every stop he's got at Knobloch. So does he possibly get promoted? Is he the guy? You know, Andrew Burnett had 50 wins, the President's Trophy winner down there in Florida as an interim guy. He's played over a thousand NHL games. You know he gets fired after they lose in the second round and get swept by Tampa last year. He's now with New Jersey, so obviously he's helped turn around that team too. Um, you know, does he get a shot at a full time gig? 
How about Jeff Halpern, the assistant coach down in Tampa? Another former Ranger for, what, half of a season? He played over 1,000 games in the NHL, too. And he's won two cups as an assistant coach in Tampa. But young guy, you know, he was first head coaching job. Is that, you know, with a win-now team, is that a guy you go after? I think it's Laviolette. I think that's the – I think they go after a proven guy. You know, they're not going after Quinville or Sutter, apparently. Apparently, those you know, Quinville's got the, his own issues there with the Kyle Beach stuff. Sutter, I just – it seems like they just don't want to – an interest in him. So, we'll see. I, they have a ton of – you know, games like Jay Pandalfo I saw. He's a BU coach. You know, that's, you know, the Drury connection there. Greg Moore played, you know, played a couple of his Rangers organization. He's done a great job with Toronto Marlies. You know, James Patrick, former longtime Ranger. He's been a, a very successful coach in WHL with the Winnipeg Ice. I saw his name. So, and these are all names to watch. Travis Green got flowed out there by a guy, Stan Fischler. as a guy that he thinks would be a good fit in New York. So, I mean, there's a ton of candidates. There's a ton of guys. It's just if they can find the right one um, to win, the, you know, to lead the team to a victory. Because it's been 83 seasons and one cup, so something's got to change, and the Rangers have to figure it out. Because this is the time to win. This is the team they've built the team to win now, and they need to find a head coach that can come and win now, or else, you know, this is all for naught. And you know, you have a guy like Henrik Lundqvist who. Unfortunately, his career fell short, and you don't want to see that for Igor Shosturkin. And um, you know, right now they have him on a very team-friendly contract. The next one will not be so team-friendly uh, if they can afford him. So now is the time to win. You have the goaltending, you have the veterans, you have the young players. They have a great mix. They built a great team. They just got to get the right coach. So um, I mean, that's the biggest thing in Rangers Rangers world, right? Is hey, coaching <laughs> who comes in, who doesn't, and. Uh, our guest this week is a guy who can tell us about a couple of head coaches that could possibly be there. We're joined by Alex Whalen this week, who just uh, finished up his third pro season. Um, he's played the last three years in Hartford, actually got moved to the deadline this year to uh, the Columbus organization. But, uh, yeah, we talked to him about you know, his college coach, Rand, uh, Rand Picker, who, Picard, who uh, just wrapped up his stand, his um, national championship win there with, um, with Quinnipiac, and he's a guy – who is really hot. His name's hot in the streets right now for possibly an NHL job. And obviously played three years for Chris Knobloch. So uh, he gets some inside scoop on Knobloch too, but some great stories from him. Uh, a Jersey guy who was a Devils fan. We'll let him, let him get a pass on that. But uh, yeah, she has some great stuff about the Hartford team and um, talk about guys like Braden Schneider and stuff like that. So it was a really great interview with him. Uh, but before we send our interview out, I do want to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. Caldera Labs. Say goodbye to the generic face wash on your counter because Caldera Lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin. Backed by a leading clinical trial where 9 out of 10 men experience healthier and visible improved skin, Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. Today we have an exclusive offer for you, our audience, so you can try it for yourself Why and you can see why so many men trust Caldera Lab with their skincare needs. Use our code BROADWAY at calderalab.com. For 20% off your their best product. Listen, as I'm getting older, in my 30s now, you got to take care of your skin. And these guys are out there helping you take care of your skin. They're helping you with your wrinkles. They're keeping your your they're keeping you young. They're keeping you young. They keep you look good. Kadura Labs creates a high-performance men's skincare product by combining uh, pharmaceutical-grade science along with uh, uh, nature's purest and most potent ingredients. Kicking off their stellar skincare selection, we have... The Regimen Bundle, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. 
Inside this bundle, you'll find the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate is where you start your day. It's balancing cleanser that uses gentle plant-based cleansing, uh, leaving all skin types exceptionally refreshed. The base layer is a nutrient-dense, fortifying moisture that hydrates your skin and absorbs, fa uh, absorbs fast, leaving with a matte finish so you can start your day confidently. And the good is your go-to at night before bed. It's clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as help helps reduce visibility of wrinkles and fine lines how can you not beat that as you age you might notice more fine lines and wrinkles it's a sign of aging unfortunately this is the opposite of what any guy wants really what anyone wants and the more you neglect your skin the more visible this will become over time it's time to control your skin and take these easy steps ready to take your skin to the next level with caldera lab look no further than the icon the, red, the rejuvenating eye serum is here to help address the the three most common skin concerns around the eye: fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. The three worst things you can have. Committed to transparency, sustainability, and excellence, Kadura Lab is the, on the mission to better skin, better men's skincare around the world, priding itself on clean ingredients and doing right by its customers and planet we live in. Kadura Lab is a certified B Corporation as well as a member of the One Percent for the Planet. Through uncompromised craftsmanship, ex uh, exceptional ingredients, and rigorous transparency, Caldera Lab is here to upgrade your skin and confidence. So make sure to get 20% off today by using our code BROADWAY at CalderaLab.com. That's 20% off at CalderaLab.com by using the code BROADWAY. And we're also joined by our friends over at Kunzuri. Fellas, have you ever wished you were a little bit taller? Maybe you matched on Tinder and her profile said must be six feet tall. Maybe your date wears heels and you just can't because you're just not, or she just can't because you're just not tall enough. Well, Short Kings, today's sponsor has you covered. Kinsori makes shoes that make you up to 2.8 inches taller without anyone noticing. Look, girls get heels, makeup, and push up bras. Why can't men get a boost in confidence as well? We're all the same height laying down if you get what I mean. For a limited time offer, our listeners can get up to 15% off every order with your code BROADWAY at Kinsori.com. The site is already 30% off, so worth our code, you save an extra 15% off. That's 45% off your entire order. You're basically getting these shoes for free. So make sure you go show the support to the show and go check out Konzuri.com. That's C-O-N-Z-U-R-I.com and use the code BROADWAY. Listen, if you can get a little extra edge in the dating game, I'm out of it way now. I don't even want to think about getting to a dating game ever again. Uh, but listen, if you're in there, you're looking for uh, make a good impression, uh, or maybe you're taking a, a picture with some of your guys at home. Listen, I got my, all my friends at home are over six feet tall, so uh, maybe the next group shot I have to get these shoes on to make sure that I can fit in a little bit. They don't have to uh, <laughs> adjust the lens at all. But make sure you go on there, check them out. Not only does Conservative Shoes make you up to 2.8 inches taller, but they're also incredibly stylish and comfortable. These are not all-man shoes. They're not Velcro shoes. They're not ugly, ugly shoes. You'll get compliments in them. Even if they don't even make you taller, you get compliments no matter what. They have styles for every occasion, smart, casual, sporty, you name it, they got it. The height insoles are actually built into the shoe, so no one can tell that you're hiding some secret height boosts in there. The brand is also hidden on the shoes and the packaging, so it's literally the ultimate height hack. Life short, you don't have to be. It's time to level up the playing field, my guys. Maybe update that dating profile to six feet. Kanzori is an absolute game changer for you and your dating life and your ring life in general. So make sure you go on the website, use our discount code BROADWAY, save that 15% off. You get the 45% off total. Like I said, it's basically free, so make sure you go check it out. Kanzori.com, C-O-N-Z-U-R-I.com, and make sure you use that code BROADWAY today. 
All right, we're now joined by a very special guest. Just wrapped up his third pro season, Alex Whalen. Thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so you started in Hartford, you ended the year in Cleveland. Uh, so, I mean, you, you didn't get, I guess you got a little bit warmer going to Cleveland a little bit, but you know, you, you still survived the Hartford winter, huh? Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> I got traded a little bit too late to to avoid the Hartford winter, but um, <laughs> yeah. And then right when I got to Cleveland, I think like the first two weeks, it snowed almost every day. So just got a little bit colder there. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. They can't say it's anywhere warm, huh? You know, it was... Uh, you're a Jersey boy though. So I got to ask, I think I'm going to regret maybe asking this question, but who was your team growing up? Yeah. My team growing up was the devils. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I was younger, I went to game seven of the Oh three cup final. Like my friend had an extra ticket invited me. So like, I kind of just, I had to be a devil's fan after that. And, um, I was a devil's fan since then. That's rough. That's a rough go. So this week you're sitting on your couch rooting for the devils then against the Rangers. Uh, I don't know. I was, I mean, it's, it's tough now. It's just, it's different than it used to be, but um, yeah, I mean, now I'm definitely rooting for the devils. They're playing the hurricanes. <laughs> I can, I can root for them a little harder now, I think. <laughs> so who was your guy growing up? Who was your favorite player? Um, On the devil. I mean, I loved uh, like back in when I was really little, I loved Sergey Breland. He was, one of my favorites. And then um, as I got a little older, I liked Zach Parisi. Okay. He's my guy. Yeah. Islander fans will love that when I got older. I'm a current player. When I got older, I was Zach Parisi. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Now <laughs> he's still going, though. Yeah, it's crazy. He actually had a good year this year. I know he did. He was good in the playoffs, too. I was like, doing really good. He's the type of player, though, right? Like, he's like just like a grinder that I feel like he always gets it done in big games. Yeah, he does. Scores big goals. Like, plays hard it's not his fault minnesota gave him a ton of money you know yeah i know that's like that's the whole thing like oh he's you know when he came to the islanders oh well he's washed up is I mean, he's not washed up the guy still can play well he just made a ton of money they couldn't afford him anymore yeah maybe he's not worth that contract but he's still a really good player <laughs> yeah. they had to play you know Kirill the thrill you know it's a little bit yeah, you know exactly. they had to get some money going there uh but you were new jersey high school player of the year though uh for hockey and obviously hockey might not be known as a hotbed here in the area, but New Jersey, mid, you know, mid central New Jersey, it is, they have really good hockey here. I know you play with Connor Clifton too, who's from the area uh, at Quinnipiac, but uh, your Jersey hockey player of the year, you played all your junior hockey here in New Jersey too. Um, so I guess what was the hockey scene like for you growing up? Um, yeah. I mean, I pretty much played the same. I played at the ice vault in Wayne um, for the same organization, like, pretty much up until I got to college. So I played bandits, New Jersey bandits, and I played New Jersey hitmen. And I even played a year of junior with New Jersey hitmen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought like it, it definitely is a really good state. Like, I mean, we competed with all the big, the big uh, states, so to say, I guess, like Massachusetts, uh, Michigan, like Minnesota teams, like we always played against them. We competed well and we won some games, lost some games. Um, and I mean, out East you have, like my age group, we had, we had to play like Long Island goals. We had like Adam Fox on that team, McAvoy. Like we, I mean, there's a lot of really good competition in this area. So um, it was, it was fun growing up and playing against guys like that and good, uh, really good for everyone getting better in this area. And I think um, it's continuing to get better. You know, I had, I had Rob O'Gara on the show two years ago and, and then he was like, Oh, you know, Long Island hockey's coming along. He's like, Fox is coming along. He's like, watch, you know, watch all these kids come up. Now you see, you know, Sonny Milano's there. So all these kids from the local areas are now 
emerging and you see all these, you know, the junior Rangers, the junior devils actually going up and playing these big tournaments too, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, definitely. I I've noticed uh, like even on like the national development team, like there's a bunch of guys from New Jersey up there now, like that were from my area. So I think it's pretty cool to see that. The thing with Jersey though, is I've had a couple of Jersey guys on, but they're all Southern Jersey guys. They're like, like Philly guys. Like they're not even devil fans. They're Philly fans. So it's like yeah. <laughs> at least Cherry Hill kids, you know? Yeah. That's what we always say. We're like, I don't know. Like that's, that's Philly. That, that's like, uh, they played like team Comcast, like little. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. That's not even New Jersey, but. <laughs> uh, USHL, you got drafted the USHL, but you didn't go that route. Uh, what led to that decision? Um, yeah. I mean, that was exciting. Like, I feel like when you're like that age in high school, like everyone wants to get drafted in the USHL. Um, at the time I was committed to Quinnipiac. So um, I was talking with the coaches and I said, like, do you guys want me to go out there um, play junior in the USHL? And they were like, honestly, like we have a really good um, like repertoire with the hitmen. And like, that's where I was playing like midget already. So um, they're like, if you want to stay there, play hitmen and like stay home for your year junior, like we're, we're more than happy with that. So that was kind of all I needed. And I was just like, all right, like, I guess I don't <laughs> have to go travel out to uh I mean, I guess where I got drafted wasn't that bad. Madison, Wisconsin would have been pretty fun, but um, but it was nice to stay home and uh, still play in front of my parents, stuff like that. Yeah, hey, Madison's not bad. You're not going to like, you know, what was it, uh, Omaha or like uh, who did Some someone play? Some of the is like crazy, like in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. Yeah, Des Moines, I think. Hey, Des Moines, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. 17 years old in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, it's tough. So you go to Quinnipiac and uh, so what other schools were you looking at? What led to that decision uh, going to going there? Um, at the time I was, um, I was kind of being like, not like heavily recruited. I was still um, a junior in high school. So I was um, Colgate was looking at me. Um, and then a few other like hockey schools. Like I had like Northeastern um, UConn, a few of those schools. And um, I honestly, I only went on a couple of visits, like maybe Northeastern and Colgate. And then my third visit was um, Quinnipiac. And that's like, I mean, at the time they were number one in the country. Um, I forget what year, I think that was like 2013 or something. Um, they were number one in the country. Like the Cliftons were playing there. Like when I went on my visit, like I saw like Connor Clifton there and like, he's like a new, like to like a New Jersey kid, like he's like a New Jersey legend. You're like, whoa, like, like this guy's here. And like, he's like saying hi to me and he's talking to me while I'm there. Like, I thought that was awesome. And like, I mean, you can't really beat like the rink at Quinnipiac, like locker rooms, the facility's awesome. Um, so like, I mean, at that point I was a junior in high school. I was just like, like starstruck almost by the whole experience that they brought me around there. Like it's, it was just like a diff, like, it's not like, I'm not saying anything bad about like Colgate or like the other places I went for visits, but like Quinnipiac just like kind of wows you. And like, I mean, especially them being number one at the time and being interested in me, like I felt like I was really excited for that. So I visited Quinnipiac, not for hockey, for just college. And I went there on my visit and I remember staying there and you're like, it's like a picturesque campus. Like the campus is beautiful. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like the bell tower starts going. I'm like, where the hell are we right now? And I'm like looking around and like, you know, it's like, wow, this is unbelievable. Then you look at the tuition, like, yeah, maybe not so much, but <laughs> Uh, no, I remember I get there. I'm like, this place is so beautiful. I mean, this is an unbelievable campus. And then the best was in the, the you will go into the school, uh, school store and they have like, you know, the football t shirt there. This is like undefeated since like yeah. 18, whatever. Like, I thought that was yeah. hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, they were like, hey, our hockey team's awesome. Our hockey team's awesome. 
And uh, that was back in oh, six. That was like when you guys like first like came over to D1. Like, oh, hockey team's great. Hockey team's great. Um, but yeah, no, I remember that camp. And I was like, wow, this camp is the, the clock tower still sticks out to me. Like it was like the beautiful like, chiming of like, you know, I forget what song it was. I was like chiming in the background. My mom was like, what? Where are we right now? Like every hour, the, the clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Awesome. It was like the sound of music is but it's like all of a sudden playing out in front of us, like on campus. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, so you get the Quinnipiac and, and Rand Pecknell's done an unbelievable job there with that program. Um, you know, they've just won national championship this year. I mean, yeah. they had to be pumped for that. Yeah, that was insane. That was, I mean, I was, I had a game. Um, I was able to watch the third period in overtime, which I think was good enough for, for me, I didn't want to have to watch the whole thing anyway. It was a little nerve wracking, especially when they were down. But I mean, that the ending to that game is just insane. I'm sitting on a bus watching it on my laptop. Like, I'm like, did that just happen? Like, like you almost thought it was like a replay. It was that quick. Like, I know it was crazy. You didn't have the Rob running more treatment. You couldn't catch the PJ down there for the game to uh, watch <laughs> yeah. the rest of it. No, unfortunately, you don't. You don't get that in the AHL. But. <laughs> Uh, but your junior year there, you guys went to the regional finals. And really since that year, you know, unfortunately your senior year was cut short because of COVID. But since that year, they've been, you know, more there every year towards the end. Um, so kind of built off that momentum there. Yeah, I mean, I really think like that started the year before. We had a, un, like in Quinnipiac standards, a very bad year. We were 500. Um, my freshman year, they were coming off. They went to the national championship the year before. So all the, like they brought a lot of the guys back. Um, like Devon Taves and Sam Annis went to pro, but um, most of the guys were back from that team. And we had a high expectations my freshman year. Um, we ended up not making the tournament. Didn't, we still had like a pretty solid year. Didn't make the tournament though. Sophomore year, we were not good. We were like 500 and that was like the end of the world and uh, like <laughs> Quinnipiac standards. And like, I mean, like for me, like honestly, before that, I never really had like a losing season. So like, I was kind of like, I was like, whoa, like this is kind of a big deal. Like this is like, and um, like that spring we had such an intense spring, like, like the workouts and like the battle, like we weren't even on the ice. We were just like, we would have these competition days with our uh, strength coach, like stuff like that. And the next year we just came back, we were just hungry. And we had, a, I mean, we were, I think we were like two in the country at one point and we were playing UMass in the middle of the year. They were one. It was one and two playing. I think we had a home and home, and that was one of the best weekends of my college career for sure. It was just so cool. Um, but that year was great, yeah. I mean, your sophomore year, you led the team in scoring. So maybe you could have told the strength coach, like, hey, listen, like, I pulled my weight, all right? I, I had the most goals on the team. You know, it wasn't because of me. Uh, I, had, I had my guy. Like, um... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although you might have won the Cy Young that year, 16 yeah. and three, you know. Yeah, we won't bring that say. up. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully it doesn't bring up the, the assist part of that. But. <laughs> uh, talk about that senior year. Uh, it gets you know, cut short because of COVID, and then you sign with Hartford after that. But how weird was the end of that year? Yeah, it was so weird. I mean, like that the whole year for me was pretty weird. Like I broke my thumb right before the season started. I played the first two games thinking that it wasn't like didn't think it was broken. Played the first two games, and I'm like, all right, I can't even hold my stick. So then I'm out for – about like a month uh, or five weeks or something. And I come back and I'm still like not doing great. And then the second half of the year, I came back from like Christmas break and had a great second half of the year. And like our team was, I mean, we were really picking up speed at the, or picking up steam at the end. We like, we rolled, uh, 
Cornell was number one at the time. We beat them like five, nothing. Like, and then we played, uh, I think we had, um, Princeton and Yale was our last, like our senior night. Um, Yale was our senior night and, um, or Brown and Yale. And we beat Yale pretty good, um, as usual, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then that was actually our last game. So we had two weeks off, like in between that and what was supposed to be our next series. And I think we were supposed to play Yale again. And then Yale ended up was one of the first teams to can It was just a weird time. Like, like they canceled. Then we were supposed to play Princeton. We were still practicing like Princeton canceled. And then there was like four teams left that cause like all the Ivies ended up canceling first. So then it was like supposed to be us against like RPI or something. It was just, it was weird. And then, um, yeah. And then, they canceled the season. Um, like Rand brought us in. We had a big meeting. Like it's over. Blah blah. Like I'm sorry. Blah. And then, yeah. And then after that, it was like, it was definitely like my agent was saying it was probably one of the weirdest times to be like a college free agent coming out because it's like, like teams were like we don't even know what to do. Like are we signing yeah. guys? Are we not? So like there were some teams that were like still like like Hartford still were was signing. Um, but like there were some teams like that were interested that were like, um, like we might wait until like the fall. And then like at that point, you're kind of like, like, I don't I don't want to wait that long. Like I want to like build off the momentum I had. And like so it was a weird time. And I ended up luckily like I, Hartford signed me. And um, I mean, it was good fit. And um, we had a good group of guys all coming in that signed at the same time. And um, we ended up all being able to like work out together during that long off season that felt like forever. So like, I, I got to know a lot of the guys and um, it was, it was really good. So did you ever report to Hartford in Mar that March or did it, was it just like, I'm signed on paper and I'm just waiting for a phone call? Yeah, that was pretty much it. So um, like my season was still going. So like, but some of the guys still uh, like, so some of like my closest friends, actually their seasons ended like the week before they signed with Hartford and they played a game with Hartford. So those guys were there and then that, then the season end or then whatever. COVID yeah. Canceled, yeah, out, yeah. Everything canceled. Um, but yeah, so everything canceled. And then I signed with Hartford after that. Jeez. Yeah. I yeah. can't, it probably it's like, all right, I have a contract, my name on it. So you guys can't go back now. Like yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> I'm coming here. I'm showing up sometime. <laughs> yeah. It happened to be like 10 or 11 months later or something, but that's great. Yeah. And then, yeah, that next season, it was like a 20-game season. like, And then they had like 50 guys in Hartford. Like, it was like the taxi yeah. squads. And yeah, there was no – yeah, there's no ECHL. My buddy, Riley Armstrong, was the head coach for Maine. I remember he was signing guys, and he's like, I don't even know if we're going to have a season or not, and they didn't even play. So he's like, now they're all, they're all in Hartford. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, it was weird. It was such a weird time. We played the same – we played Providence and Bridgeport. That was the only teams we played. <laughs> right, played like 20 times, like yeah, 15 times, times each. Times, 12 times each. <laughs> And how many games in did you hate them? Like probably like two for each. Like it just like there were stretches where we play like Providence like six in a row or something. It was just an insane time. <laughs> the refs had to be loving that. Yeah. Just the same same idiots hitting each other from behind at the same play. Oh man! But I mean, so from that, I mean, that year in Hartford, like obviously, there's so many been like, what level of competition was that in the practice? Like obviously, it was like it was like the hardest practices because you're just like going at each other trying to win a bat like a roster spot like what was that like yeah i mean it was it was very intense like i mean like obviously like what you were saying we had so many guys in hartford so it was tough like in the beginning like i was a young guy so like i didn't 
I wasn't in the lineup for the first few games and I'm like, all right, like I got to go do something. It's like, what else? I have no other choice other than to do well in practice. So I'm battling guys in practice. And it was just a different year. Cause like I've learned over the past two years, it's like when you play a full season, it's like, you're not really battling as much in practice. Like you're doing the flow drills, like, mm -hmm. um, but like that year it was like battles, like small games, like you had to win, like, for me, I was like, I got to win my battles in practice and hopefully I get into a game. And I, I got like 10 that year, but it, I mean, it's like half, it was half the games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It gave me, gave me good confidence to come in next year. And I'm like, all right, at least I know I could play like. So the next off season, you get invited to prospect camp with the Rangers. It was like the first time they did it forever because of COVID and you guys end up playing that series against Philly. So how cool was it to put that Ranger Jersey on? Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, as I said, I was a devil's fan, but like, I mean, when you're from this area, it's like if you have the chance to put a Rangers jersey on, like that's that's a really cool experience. So I thought that was awesome playing against the Flyers. And it was like first shift of the first game, like huge hits. Like it was just it just felt like really cool. And um, it was a really good experience. I think it was, it was a Rempe where he like yeah. he gets I mean, blast the guy's nose open afterward. I mean, I was, it was Rempe intense. Yeah, Rempe hit one of their defensemen right into Justin Richards, and the defenseman and Justin Richards both came up with like bloody faces, and their masks were all blood. I'm like, oh my god! I was like, it's <laughs> yeah, this is what we're in for here, boys. <laughs> yeah. And we had we had a, that was a full other we had that was the first shift of the game, so we had basically two full games to play that <laughs> like that. Uh, and then you get invited to training camp for the first time. So what was that like? Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, like it's so cool. Like just being around, like, I don't know, like, uh, Panarin, like Kreider, like those guys, like, it's just, it's so cool. Like, and you're playing against them, playing with them, like out on the ice, like in the scrimmages and stuff, like it's really cool. And it also like, I think it's like great for like guys like me or like young guys. It's like, it shows that like, like, you know, like you're not that far off. It's like, you can, you can make plays like that. You can keep up with the speed with them. It's like, I mean, the little things they do are definitely different, but it, like, it's good to be able to like see that in real life. So you can be like, all right, that's what I have to work on, like to get to that level. So I think that was a really cool experience. Now, between the last two years of training camp, was there any like NHL, like welcome to NHL moments for you that like stuck, like either like you saw a play or a guy or like something like, wow, that's incredible. I had one that I was, um, I, I was out there with like one of my, uh, Zach Jatari. He was like one of my best friends. And, um, we were out there for a shift against Panarin and like, I think it was like Panarin, Lafreniere and someone else. And like, they were kind of like working us in the, in the, we were in the D zone, but like, we were like still like keeping them all to the outside. And then there was one point where like Panarin tried to like put it through my legs. And I ended up like somehow, like I like kicked it with my skate and it like, I didn't mean to, it just went off my skate and into the corner and we ended up getting it out. And I would like turned around to Zach. I'm like, man, if that went through, like, oh, he had me. And it's like, if that went through, I would have been just so embarrassed. I was like, thank God I, that luckily hit my skate. You would have gotten sent back to Hartford that in, yeah, in the shift, sure. in the, in the, in the drill. Yeah. I would have just gotten right off the ice and just, <laughs> like, hey, this is great. This is yeah. a great time. Thanks guys. Uh, any good uh, shots on Igor in the uh, training camp? I heard he's just like, he hates getting scored on too. Yeah. Actually like uh, my first year I scored, uh, I think I had like the second goal of like the, the whole scrimmage or, or the whole camp. So that was pretty cool. Uh, 
like I, me and Michael Leary were out there together and he passed one back door to me and I scored it and we were, we were fired up. We were like, let's go. Any, uh, I mean, Gallant, they moved on from Gallant. We'll get to that in a minute. Cause I have some questions yeah. about some of your former coaches. Um, any good interaction with the coaching staff though? Yeah. Um, I mean, we had, we had Murph, Murphy Murph up in, um, Hartford the year before. So we knew him a little bit. And then, um, I mean, a couple like brief, encounters with Gallant he seemed like a nice guy like intense in practice um but like he always like he wanted to get and he always wanted to like make sure everyone was playing hard um so I mean I kind of liked him from just the few practices that I was out there with um but yeah I knew Murph more so like we talked to him a lot he's such a good guy um hopefully he stays there yeah we'll see what they do with that um yeah. from a speed aspect of it was like Obviously, it's training camp. So I mean, it's not full speed, but was there a huge adjustment from you going from the, like the AHL, like you saw it for the first time? Now you're seeing an AHL training camp. Was there a, an adjustment for you? Um, yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. I think it's more almost like the skill level. Um, I think the speed is kind of similar. Sometimes the AHL can be a little bit even more like frantic, like things are going on really fast sometimes, and it's like almost too much. Um, but like the skill level and like the poise is kind of more what like I noticed up there. It's like some like, I mean like you can see it like watching it in games. Like some of the guys can just hold on to the puck and like, like it's I mean you watch like, like Adam Fox, Jack Hughes, those guys like they're right in the middle of three defenders and they're holding on to the puck looking for a pass. It's like a lot of the times like I'm thinking like if I'm in the middle of three defenders, I'm dumping the puck in and trying to get it. Like it's like they think the game a little differently. So like, that's one thing that I've really thought to myself where I'm like, all right, I can probably hold on to it a little longer. Like definitely not as long as those guys, but maybe a little bit longer. Well, Fossil, he was in slow motion. Was he like that as a, as a junior player too, when you played against him, was he that controlled and that calm? Yeah. I mean, I've always like, like I played against him. Uh, I mean, pretty much my whole life I played against him. He was on the goals, um, played against him in college for three or four years, maybe. And, um, yeah, he's always been like that. And I I honestly like don't know how he does it. He's just so calm and like poised with the puck and always holds it. And then like like there's some games where you like come back and you're like, oh, like Adam Fox didn't do that much to us this game, like at Quinnipiac. And like you turn around, like you look at the box score and it'd be like four assists. And it's like, how? How did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's crazy because like you almost people, Ranger fans sometimes get on him because they think like, oh, he's dogging it or like oh, he's not putting an effort out in there, but like that's just, he's just smooth. He's just like, that's what he yeah. does. Like, I remember, I don't know if you're a Yankee fan or not. Uh, yeah. Um, you notice the Jersey in New York. That's like the one thing we can unite about Yankee fans, but like yeah, exactly. Robinson Cano back when everyone like said, Oh, he doesn't hustle, but he was just like a smooth player. Yeah. And that's just how he operated. Like I feel like that's what Fox is. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, I mean, he's always in the right spot. Like he's making the right plays. I don't, I don't know how like Ranger fans could, be mad at him like he, like what what has he done wrong in his time there really ranger fans get mad at a lot of guys you know that's, yeah, that's right. part of their job is fandom this, this <laughs> key on stupid stuff and get mad at things yeah. especially if this playoffs everyone's mad at everything yeah that's fair um let's talk about you so in hartford uh, the 2021 season uh you play 62 games down there so you play the full year in hartford um i gotta ask about Braden schneider because ranger fans talk about guys they love they love Braden schneider yeah and so you saw him up close and personal down there uh i mean how special can this kid be yeah, I mean, you like we noticed it right from the first, like the first couple of games in Hartford were like, wow, this guy, like he's special. Like we knew he was going to get called up. It was just a matter of time. And like if there was a spot for him up there. So 
I mean, he's awesome. Um, like, I mean, the way he plays up there too is just unbelievable. Like, I love watching him play, like how he just hits people and wins every battle. Like, I love that. And like, that's so good for, for a defenseman. And like, that's just like throughout the years, like, like he's going to be so good because people aren't going to want to go into corners against them and battle against them. So, I mean, we knew right away that how good he was. And I mean, I think he's going to be even better up there. Um, I think he can put up points. He can score some goals too. I mean, he scored some goals even this year. Um, he had like a, a little streak going. I remember earlier in the season, but um, I think he can do that and he's going to be really good for a long time. He had a great goal last game of the year that got dis- disallowed because I think Trotrick went off sides, but no, he had some offensive, but I mean, he can lay the lumber, man. He is, yeah. they call him baby Truba for a reason. I mean, that guy, yeah. he will, he's a good hitter too. Like he's a clean hitter. Like he knows yeah. when to, he knows when to like, pinch to hit, which I think is so important for young defensemen too. Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, Ranger fans love him. And I know like, I thought the guys in Hartford and they like, yeah, he was sick. Like we knew, like they thought that he was going to be all like, they knew that he was ready to move up even at that young age and that he was like yeah. mature enough to handle it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess in general, like your first like your full year as a pro hockey, but going from college where it's like 30 games, now you're playing 60, 70 games, you know, it's a long run. Like, how was that grind for you? Um, yeah, it was definitely different than college. Like you play, I mean, you're playing three or four times a week now, or in college, you're playing Friday and Saturday. Um, and I mean, for me, like I, it was like the practices weren't as tough. Like in Quinnipiac, we had hard practices. Um, so that made it a little bit better, but like, definitely like games, like, I mean, you just get beat up over the course of the year. It's like, like by the end of the season, it's like, everyone's getting wrapped like for something or you're playing through some sort of injury. It's just, it's, it's really is a grind. And like, I mean, you see like these guys in the playoffs battling, like, it's like, they're going through, I mean, I'm sure almost every guy in the playoffs still is going through some sort of nagging injury or even something small. And it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty intense, but I mean, I had a great time last year. It was a lot of fun. And, um, unfortunately we didn't make the playoffs after we were like first place at yeah. uh, all-star break. Yeah. You had a pretty good run there and then all kind of fell, wheels fell off there. Right. Yeah. That was tough. Um, but yeah, that was like, I, I almost feel like that was part like our schedule last year. Um, we kind of ended the same way this year in Cleveland. We had like 30, 30 days left in the, in the, season and we had like 16 games left so it's like you're playing every other night or like three and threes every weekend it's like it's tough clopped yeah yeah it doesn't help when the rangers are calling guys up too obviously you know yeah i think brodzinski came up for most of the 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 end of the year and uh, who else someone else came up too that they kind of the hartford list missed out on them too yeah i think they had like yeah brodzinski was there from the trade deadline i think he just stayed up then after that yeah but and another guy, talk about Brzezinski. He's a guy who I feel like every time I watch a Hartford game, he scores a goal. Yeah. And and I feel like that he's gotten some chance with the Rangers, but hasn't gotten an like extended look. Um, but he's just kind of dominates at the AHL level. Yeah, he's so good. Like it's it's crazy. Like I think he's like even when I watch him when when he plays up with the Rangers, like I'm like, this guy is just so good. Like he's always moving so fast, like making plays. He snaps the puck. Like he he shoots it so hard too. Like quick like that quick snapshot um he's really good so i mean i think he should be in the nhl and based on his numbers in the ahl i feel like he should be too me too and i was like looking at the list like okay maybe like a, 
you know, who can step up next year from Hartford? I'm like, that's like one guy on the list. I'm like, this guy. And I remember this year, I mean, the guy must hit like three or four posts this year too. Like he was just like snake bit yeah. with the Rangers and like there's the games there. And then he goes back down to Hartford. Like the, it's, I always see like Hartford posts like, oh, the captain's back. And like two goals later, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So Bradzinski's yeah. back to scoring every time against Bridgeport. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this last season, uh, you started there in Hartford. You, you get traded to Columbus. Uh, were you? Were you? I mean, um, to yeah, sorry, Cleveland. Um, were you surprised by the trade? Um, kind of, but not like really. Um, I guess like the beginning of the year, I was playing in Hartford and like I was doing really well, and then I got an injury. Um, I had a high ankle sprain, so that was like kind of a tough one, and um, I was out for six weeks. I come back and like, like that's one of those injuries that kind of kind of lingers. So it was like tough for me to like get like the confidence back. Cause by the, when I came back, it was like a time where a lot of like, like we had Carpenter then sent down, like, a, like there was a few Ranger guys being sent back and it's like the lineup was full. And it's like, I wasn't, I didn't immediately get back into the lineup when I was healthy. And it's like, like, it's kind of like, at that point, it's like frustrating. Cause you're kind of like, ah, like I deserve to play. And then it's like in the back of my head, I'm like, maybe I'm not good enough to play because my ankle, like it's, it was like a tough situation. And like, we had a lot of guys in Hartford that like were really good and everyone that was playing deserved to play. So it was tough to um, like kind of be on the outside there, but um, yeah. So then like the trade, I guess the week of the trade deadline, um, the uh, Ryan Martin called me the GM and was just like, Hey, like, just want to let you know, like, we think like you should be playing in the AHL. Like we'd love to have you on our team, but like our team like has such a, we're so deep. So like, um, we're just going to put your name out there. Um, so I was like, all right, that's fine. And um, later that day, he actually called me and was like, yeah, like Cleveland uh, said they'll trade for you. So I ended up working out and I went to Cleveland and I kind of like got my confidence back and felt really good there. And I played a lot. So I was uh, ended up working out. So I was really happy with it and fortunate that um, Ryan Martin like gave me that opportunity to get like a fresh start for the season. That's actually very nice. I've heard way yeah. worse stories than that about trades. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know hey, heads up. And it's also nice for you because, like, well, one, you're like, I hope someone does pick up his phone call about me because that, that'll yeah. make you feel even worse about it, right? And, yeah, exactly. And, uh, if he didn't give you a call, you'd probably feel worse about your game. But, yeah. Um, and Ryan Martin, you know, obviously, Chris Drury for, he took over Hartford, kind of picked Knobloch to become the coach there and want to turn around Hartford. Now, you've seen in recent years, the team's gotten better, obviously, this year in this great run. Um, but Ryan Martin's kind of taken over that. And what, how is he to work? Like, does he have interaction with the team a lot? Is he around practice a lot? Um, honestly, not really. Like he, he's not around too much. Like I know he goes to like all the gates, like, uh, like I'll see him after the games, but like, he's not around the ring too much. Doesn't really get in the way. Um, kind of just, I mean, you mostly talk to him like the beginning of the year and the end of the year. Um, but every once in a while, like after games, he'll come up to you say like, nice job or something like that, but he's not around too much. And you, so you get to, to Cleveland and they're, they're known for, obviously they play there in the, the Cavs arena there. So they have this huge yeah. stadium. I think they average looked at, I was looking up, it was like 10,000 fans this year. And obviously Hartford does a good job bringing fans, but that's, I think that's like, you know, double the size of the a normal crowd in Hartford. So how cool was that? Yeah, that was really cool. We had a, there was one night where it was, uh, it was like towards the end, we were in the playoff race and um, we had like, I think there was like 16,000 or something. And it was like almost sold out the Cavs arena. And it was just, it was a really cool, really cool experience up there. Um, but yeah, 
Hartford did well too. I mean, it's, it's tougher in Hartford. I feel like it seems like the arena is like so much bigger than it is. And like, it's just, it's, uh, it's tough sometimes, but. Well, yeah, it's a big arena. They just have to, with yeah. the whole upper bowl it's covered. Cause you know, they can't really, they don't sell it, but who knows if they go to the finals or whatever they do now, maybe they'll, they'll yeah. push, they'll push some good numbers in there. And yeah. they talk about the run they're on now. Yeah. They were getting more like this year was better than last year. And they were saying that it was better. Like it keeps getting better. So I mean, yeah, which is good. I'm sure if they go on a run and they keep winning, they're going to get more fans. Yeah. I mean, the, they've been there forever. So, I mean, it's, they're pretty much, you know, Hartford has a good little hockey history there, obviously with the whalers and everything, but yeah. um, you know, I, I hope they stay there because there's rumors a couple of years that they might be moving, you know, they were thinking about moving the team around, but um, no, I, I, I've talked to some people that played up there in Cleveland and they, in uh, Cleveland, they say it's, you know, it's so cool there. Plus, I who did I have on before with the Blue Jackets got there? They're the only game in town. And they're like, you know, we're the only game in the state. Everyone loves us. So, yeah. uh, it's so how cool the experience is there. And obviously, you're playing in a you know a pro arena. It's got to be some pretty good amenities too. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. We saw like we actually like uh, the last couple of weeks we went on a tour of uh like the Cavs locker room and like we got to use a lot of their stuff too, which was awesome. And like their the stuff they have is just it's just a different level it's insane um but like before the game like normally like um like my whole life i played like soccer before the game like you just like juggle the ball um when we were in uh cleveland we play like uh knockout we're playing basketball up in like the caps <laughs> practice arena or practice uh basketball court so that was pretty cool it was that was pretty cool that's yeah. pretty good uh all right so let's talk about chris and obviously uh Rangers looking for a new head coach. His a uh, hot name. Hartford's having a great run this year. Uh, what uh, is he a player's coach? Like, give me like a breakdown of him and his coaching style, and uh, maybe if he does get promoted, what Ranger fans can kind of look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I honestly like. I mean, I think he's a player's coach because it seems like he really takes into account what like the players say to him and everything. Um, but yeah, like going through what he does like he I mean the practices are always high tempo which is pretty nice and um he works a lot on systems um so I mean that's pretty good for a younger team and I mean I guess the Rangers too because they got the a lot of veterans and a lot of good pieces up there mixed in with the younger guys um but yeah I think overall he's just a good players coach good guy um I think the Rangers would like them. I think Ranger fans would like them. Um, if he wins, I guess, but, um, well, yeah, yeah. if you win, if you win, doesn't matter who you are. You're, yeah, you're exactly. Good, you know? They'll like you. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's a, that's a precursor. I mean, as a devil's fan, Lindy Ruff, I mean, they hated devil fans, hated him as of, you know, six months ago. And now he's the greatest man in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. All about winning. Did they chant sorry to him or something. Yeah, the fire opening night, you know, they're chanting fire Lindy, and then yeah. the all star break, they're chanting sorry Lindy. Yeah. So at least they recognize that, you know, they're terrible people. Yeah, they realize they're wrong. <laughs> uh, in the locker room, is he like a rah rah guy or is he more of like a laid back guy? No, he's definitely more of a laid back guy. Like he, it's not really like, like not, not a screamer at all, doesn't really yell. Like um, he's just more of a sit back and like in between periods, he'll give you the, adjustments we're going to make or whatever and like doesn't really yell too much and if he has something to say to you he'll just kind of you know go up to you behind you on the bench like it's not like he's gonna like like I mean I've had coaches pretty much my whole life before that like that are more of like yellers and mm -hmm. like 
like I'm used to it. So like, it doesn't bother me. Like my junior coach, like was always a yeller and like, I love him. And I mean, Rand yelled a lot. Um, I love him too. So like either way, like, I, I mean, I like both now I've seen, I've seen both sides and I'm also fine with not getting yelled at, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say uh Knobloch's definitely not a yeller. And uh, I think Ranger fans, like their lasting memory of him is when he came up to coach when uh, the coaching staff had COVID and they won nine, nothing on St. Patty's day against the flyers and the St. Patty's day massacre. You know, he was like the lasting image behind the bench. It's like, oh, we're nine, nothing this guy. He's the best. And that's when like Quinn was on the hot seat and everyone's like, why don't we just keep this guy up here? Yeah. I think he went like four and two in the six games. Like he did great behind the bench for them. So, um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe he's the answer. I don't know. Maybe your guy Rand's the answer. He's a hot name in the market too. Yeah. Who knows? I, I don't, I I don't know if he'd leave. Would yeah, he leave I, don't leave. I don't know. That's a, that's, he's, that's like his baby. That's, 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 that's his, yeah, that's him. That's him. The whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think he'd want, I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but like, I personally would be scared to take the Rangers job. If I like, not if I were him, but if I was anyone, because it's just like Gallant came in, had two really good years and everyone's like, ah, oh, are you going to get fired? Like, <laughs> it's kind of tough for, uh, for a coach in New York. The guy has the best winning percentage of any Rangers head coach in the history of the franchise. Yeah. Gone after two years. You lose it, you lose to blow a 2 0 lead to the Devils. You're done. Yeah. That's it. Conference finals the year before. Yeah. Lose to the Lightning, the Dynasty Lightning, you lose to. Yeah. And then, and then the next year you die. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. And Rand, I mean, he, he's going to leave, Q, you know, leave Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac for this and like last uh, two years and then he's out and then. And yeah, can't go back. Can't really go back. Yeah. <laughs> can't go back. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. I don't know if he'll leave, but uh, yeah, I saw his name kind of get floated out there as a possibility of someone, obviously not block. I think people are more focused on him just because of him being handpicked by Chris Jury to take over Hartford. Like he's like kind of his guy. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah. So uh, you're a free agent, correct? Yeah. So what's the deal? Where, where are we going next? Um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed my time and I mean, I enjoyed my time in Hartford as well. Um, but like the end of the year I ended in Cleveland and I really like enjoyed my time there and, um, played a lot there. I loved like the coaching staff there. So, um, I mean, I'd like to go back there. Um, we'll see what happens, but, uh, whatever. I mean, I'm just going to keep, keep grinding, trying to move up, but, uh, <laughs> wherever I go, but, uh, yeah. So the thought is to stay stateside, though. Is there any thought of going European route yet, or is that you're still focused on the AHL? And yeah, I think I'm still away? focused on here as yeah. of now. Um, yeah, like I just got I got engaged. Um, oh, congratulations! Thank you. And um, she's a nurse. She's a, she's doing like the travel nurse thing. So it kind of it works out for us more in America, where she can take a job up wherever I sign next, and um, she signs like those short term things yeah, so yeah. It's nice to be able to stay together here see I was, I was waiting for you to say oh she's somewhere and i'm like Poom. there you go that's a target market right yeah. there that's where he's headed yeah. the old jacob truba thing his wife gets assigned to new york city three yeah. weeks later pushes a trade to new york exactly i don't know if you maybe, know maybe that's what i should do i should tell her to go sign in like a nhl city and maybe i'll i'll try to push there <laughs> there you go there you go maybe arizona hey listen they're looking for guys yeah okay you could play in a small arena than hartford it'd be great yeah 
God. Bring it back and to the college days. Bring it back to the college days. Exactly. Uh, I got a couple questions here before I let you go. Uh, what's your favorite arena playing? My favorite arena. Um, I gotta say it's probably Laval. Um, they got like a mini bell center vibe going mm-hmm. and their fans. I played there twice, once with Hartford, once with Cleveland, and they have sold it out both times and they are rowdy fans too. And it's really fun to play there. Uh, who was the guy on Hartford that Ranger fans may not know, but should know about? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like Ranger fans are really good with their. Yeah, they're very good. Who's the guy that's under the radar guy though? You're like, yeah, this guy is, he's good. Under the radar. Hmm. Trying to think. Um, I mean, going back on defense, I would say uh, Brandon Scanlon. Okay. All right. That's a good name. He's under the radar, right? Yeah. Um, he skates really well. He's a, he's just a horse. That's what that's what they say, right? Like a guy who just works hard, um, skates really well, has a hard shot, um, plays good D. I think he's tough to play against, and I think he's under the radar. Okay. All right. That's a that's a great answer, by the way. It's exactly something I was looking for there. <laughs> um, what else you got here? Dylan Garan. Could he be the NHL next year? I mean, I think so. I mean, that that's a guy that works hard, and he is probably one of the hardest working guys I've ever seen, and he's a young guy, so that's really impressive. Um, really takes care of his body. Like, he's he's the first guy in there, last guy out, like one of those kind of guys. Um, I mean, I think he can, he can definitely play in the NHL. I mean, he's playing out of his mind right now in Hartford, and he's doing a great job. Uh, have you witnessed Louis Domingue eat spicy pork and broccoli? I have not. I wish. And I do wish the guy do the guys rip on him for that? <laughs> Honestly, no. I <laughs> I thought like there'd be more joking around about that, but he's like a pretty uh, he's like he's kind of a jokester too. So like it's it's hard to rip on a guy like that. I was really hoping that his mask would have it on it this year. Like I thought he'd like yeah. play into it a little bit because like he had the whole like tweet. I think it was a tweet like I like I really like the broccoli so much or whatever it was. Like I've come back to New York. Like I make it yeah. like you know whatever it was. Like, I think he tweeted something like anyone have recommendations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was already hoping he would play that into it like that. Yeah. Who's the uh, who's a jokester? Who's the pranks from that team? The jokester. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like a lot of the team is pretty. Like we're. In Hartford, we were pretty light. Like, everyone's joking around. Uh, I mean, Johnny Brodzinski, he jokes a lot. Um, I would say Tim Gettinger, he's a quiet guy, but he definitely has some good jokes. Like, sometimes it's the quiet guys that, that are funny. Uh, what's the best prank you've pulled off? Best prank? <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I really, like, I can't think of pulling a prank off. I don't know. Have you seen, a, like, a legendary one pull on anybody? Um, this year, like in, in Cleveland, I'd say they played more pranks on guys, but like, as like the new guy, I wasn't one where really like pulling any of them off. <laughs> Just hoping it wasn't happening to you. <laughs> yeah. Like there was a few where it was like, uh, like they'd like switch the helmets. So like someone would go on to practice with a white helmet. Everyone else has black helmets on like, um, you know, the water bottle and the, the helmet trick is just a classic. They did that a few times where you pull out your helmet and there's yeah. a water cup there. So you get wet. Um, so, I mean, I would say, I guess, more pranks happen in Cleveland than, I guess. But Then Harford, all right. Yeah. Uh, what else I got here? Uh, who's your favorite current guy to watch? My favorite current guy. I mean, I love watching McDavid play. 
Um, it's an easy one. Right, that's a, that's an easy answer though. I'll I'll give one more like I like watching. Um, let's see, this playoffs I really like. I've enjoyed watching uh, Palat for the Devils. Like I love the way he plays. Um, it's one of us. And then I I like Noel Chari too. I like watching him. Yeah, two guys that I like to. I mean, I always like to watch Noel Chari and try to, you know, play like him kind of. And then this playoffs, Palat has kind of jumped off at me as like a guy who really is working hard and getting things done, scoring big goals, big assists. His steal on Fox and like the individual like effort there yeah, was awesome. That was crazy. Yeah. That was awesome. I hated it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was an awesome, it was an awesome play. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome play. Yeah. I'm, we both had differing opinions on how awesome that play was, but yes, yeah. it was in general you, a very good play. You just pull that out of like what game it was and how important the goal was. Like, then yeah, if it wasn't game seven zero zero on the power on the penalty kill. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, is there a guy in the NHL that I don't know? You say you compare yourself to, but is there a guy like you definitely like your style of play like matches up with? Like, would you say it's Muller and Achari? Um, yeah, I would say that. Um, I, I mean, I really like watching like him and like Tanev or kind of guys that mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, want to like a guy who's going to like win the battles, like get in on the four check and like, maybe not be like the biggest guy out there, but like win every battle, like hit people and, you know, beat, beat people on the four check, be faster, stuff like that. Is there a team you hate playing against? A team I hate playing against. Um, I mean, I would say it was probably Providence just because of the amount of times we played against them <laughs> during COVID. And then that's also the team I got injured against. So that was another check against them. But uh, okay. yeah, that's probably it. Hershey's I, tough to play against too, actually. And I know. Well, there you go. Against. Next round. Yeah. That's yeah. coming up. Uh, how yeah. about like, is there an individual guy or like a defenseman that you just know, like, Hey, like you're a hard crashing guy. Like there's a guy, he's going to be chopping at you all game long or something. Yeah. I right off the top of my like the one guy in probably the whole league that I have like that I actually like probably like pick my head up and I'm like oh I gotta watch out for this guy is McElrath on like he played for Hartford he's on Hershey like that's yeah. a guy you always have to you have to know when he's on the ice like like I know like there's other guys that like hit and you know but I mean McElrath is just he has the strength and the size and he hits so hard and you don't want to be caught not paying attention to when he's ready to hit you. It, it, it's crazy because when I remember he came up, like obviously, talk about, I mean, Schneider's hitting ability. I'm like, Matt, he just a little bit dirty of a player. I mean, he would kind of just go after guys, yeah. whenever, whatever it was. But yeah. like, I mean, he would kill guys the blue line. Yeah. That's and then, he, thing, like, with and then he would drop the gloves and fight them afterwards. Like, yeah. like he was angry that he hit them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'll like dump the puck in and then like two seconds later, he'll come over and like try to finish your hit. You're like, Oh, like that's like a guy where you're just like, all right, you know, you're going to be in for a long night. So it's like, you got to be ready for that game. That's awesome. Well, Alex, thanks so much for joining us and uh good luck next year. And uh, you know, if you, if you want to break some news in the podcast where you're signing next, like let us know and, uh, and we'll get the news out there where you're going and, and best of luck. All right. We'll do. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Alex, for joining us this week. Uh, it was great to get him on. We've been trying to get him on for a while. Hartford's a little picky with who they uh, make available and what they can do with uh, interviews. So uh, when he got dealt to the Columbus organization, played there in Cleveland, I reached out to him and we were able to get it done. So I can't thank him enough for coming on the show, even if he might be a Devils fan and root for the Devils a little bit in the playoffs. I still appreciate him coming on. And uh, it was also great to get some of the you know inside scoop on some of the coaches there he played for because two of those guys will definitely be candidates 
for this Rangers opening job. So it was great to get to hear that and uh, just hear some funny stories from him. So I cannot thank him for coming on uh, enough and taking the time out of his uh, offseason schedule here. And we want to wish him all the best luck there in free agency. And hopefully we'll hear where he ends up soon. And uh, hopefully he lands in a good spot with a chance to uh, make the NHL. Obviously, we always root for these guys to, even for that one game, to reach the NHL level. But uh, he's in a pretty good spot there in Cleveland. I've heard great things about playing that arena and how cool it is. So uh, thanks again to Alex for joining us. And that does it for episode 131 of the Pro Day Hat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. All five-star reviews, a dollar is donated to Alex's Lemonade Foundation. So please take a moment in your day. Go help an amazing cause and leave us a five-star review there. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Spotify as well. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify. You can also find us on Google Play, uh, Pandora, uh, Amazon Music, Spreaker. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us there. Make sure you also go and follow the show on all social media. You can find us on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. You can find my personal Twitter account at KHALTNY for all your Granger updates. I also post all of our uh, my uh, stories on Belly Up Sports there as well. Go to BellySports.com and check out the NHL tab there. You can see all my latest Ranger news and stories there that I'm writing. Uh, make sure you go and um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at the Broadway Hat Podcast. And that does it for this week. We'll see you next week.